I do this for my culture, 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 culture. Peace and welcome back to For the Culture here on WEAA 88.9 FM and WEAA.org. Absolutely, the voice of the community. I'm your host, Faraji Muhammad. Uh, folks, I want us to continue to have this conversation. You heard me bring it up to Council President, Baltimore City Council President Nick Mosby, as we talk about this issue of violence. Um, but I wanted to go a little bit deeper because one of the things that I was kind of contemplating about what we've been, what we've seen this weekend, when you had nine people that were killed over this weekend, something that instantly struck to my mind was Chicago. And the reason I was thinking about Chicago was because, you know, unfortunately, that's a city where, when you see a lot of gunfire, when you see that number, you know, high numbers of killings over a weekend, it's like boom, Chicago pops up in your head. Fifteen people killed. This number of people killed. And I'm seeing something in Baltimore City where it's no longer just a simple incident of just one or two people shot. Now we're, start, we're, we're starting to see a, an unfortunate growing trend of triple shootings, possibly some quadruple shootings in, in between. But I'm starting to hear more and more of two or more people that are being shot. I remember Mayor Brandon Scott using the term mass shooting. And when we use the term mass shooting, a lot of us may tend to believe that mass shootings are those shootings that include a huge number of people um, and, and that, you know, you got all these victims, you even have possibly the shooter might be involved in the killing as well. Well, let me just share with you very quickly uh, what the, where we are in this country. Uh, when it comes to mass shootings, and let's bring it down to, um, you know, how that fits to us locally. Because CNN had went as far as to create a whole America's gun violence epidemic. That's what they call it. And this is based upon Gun Violence Archive, which is a nonprofit organization that has begun to keep tracks of the number of shootings in this country, mass shootings. According to the Gun Violence Archive, they framed, they said that there have been already 239 gun mass shootings this year. 239 mass shootings this year. 274 people were killed, and 981 people have been injured as a result of these shootings. Okay? So, when I look at the number of people injured, I'm thinking about the possibility of those injured actually being killed. Like, so because nobody, I mean, if you are out of your right frame of mind and you're shooting up a place, you're shooting to kill, to not just injure, but you want to kill as many people, unfortunately. And so if we had 239 mass shootings this year, and we're only halfway through the year, that means that we've had more mass shootings than there are days that we've already gone through this year. Y'all just do the math on that. So it, it, it opened my eyes. It made me think twice about this issue. So like, if Baltimore is continuing to rise, and you heard Council President talk about this, that the, the violence actually has been going up. The violence since January, the violence has been up. You know, if we're looking at those things, then I think that we, we really need to have a different type of conversation. The conversation can't be, well, what are we going to do? 
But I think the conversation starts with us and asking the question, you know, where do, do we even have hope? Because I think a lot of people are losing hope. According to data compiled by the Baltimore Sun, let's bring this locally, like at least 137 people have been killed in Baltimore compared to 127 at this time last year. So you say, oh, variety is 10 more people. That's a problem. There have also been at least 267 non-fatal shootings. So somebody is still shooting, hoping, and they may, you know, whatever the situation is, and those people are, are, are surviving, surviving that traumatic experience. But that number is about 37 more than a year ago. So you have all of these shootings, you have all of these attempted murders. I mean, all of these things are happening. And it leads us to ask the question about where we are with these things. And most importantly, do you have hope? Because I know that the, I, I hear the talk, folks. I hear people talking about Baltimore is too violent. They plan to leave the city. Former Mayor Sheila Dixon did a con, had an interview recently, and she said that this is the first time in her life where she has to constantly look over her shoulders, right? She made this point. She said, this is the first time in my life I had to constantly look over my shoulder. She said, because you just don't know at this point. And then she went on to criticize the plan. Where's the plan? Where is the real plan for violence? And I get that. That's from a leadership perspective. But it made me think about, hmm, before we jump into conversations about plans, before we even jump into conversations about who's responsible for what, do we even have hope in each other anymore? Because that's what I think that's the part that we need to figure out. If we don't start with a simple premise, the fundamental premise of not do we have the ability to stop this because we certainly do but you got to have the desire to want to stop it and that desire comes from believing and hoping that that people are going to think better and do right by each other right but even before that point do you want to start there because this is, is the conversation can often be oh let's let's just implement this policy this needs to be done let's throw money here and then all of that stuff but the reality is, do you hope? Do you have hope, folks? Are you hopeful that things are going to change? If you're not hopeful that things are going to change, that's what you're not going to do. Help them to change. Because you have no hope. You have no incentive. You don't have any faith that things are going to change. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, am I hopeful? Am I hopeful in myself? Am I hopeful in my, my neighbor? In my coworker? In my church, in my ch my, 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 my church uh, family, my Moss family, am I hopeful that they are going to do right and see my life is just as important as I see theirs? Am I hopeful? I want you to join me in this conversation, 410-319-8888, 410-319-8888. Uh, Thomas checked in on my Facebook page and said, we would get a lot further if people stopped housing criminals Turn them in. My kids could not reside in my house if they committed a murder or mass shooting. That's what it is. So, Thomas, you're saying, and I've heard that. 
that if we stop housing criminals, if we stop housing and, and being so protective of individuals, even though they are loved ones, but we know that their loved ones are part of the problem. Now, I get it. Now, here's the other part about it. This is a very, very thin line that we're walking here. Just as much as we want to talk about hard penalties, just as much as we want to talk about consequences, right? The reality is a lot of those who are pulling the triggers are family members, right? So we do not want to put our family members in a worse situation. And so out of that space of not of wanting to protect family members, some of us say, well, it's not the family member, it's not the individual, it's the condition, which I totally understand. But there has to be a balance. There has to be a balance. Yes, the conditions of systemic racism. Yes, the conditions of education issues and, and housing issues and economic lack of economic investment in our communities. We know all of those things. But I'm talking about inherently, folks, even though those conditions exist, right, does that stop? Does that mean that we give people a pass? Or does that even give us an excuse to not have hope that there can be something better in this situation? You know what I'm saying? Let's, let, let, let's have that part of the conversation. Because I know many of us will say, oh, well, look at the condition of black people. But do you live in a city? <laughs> Do you live in those neighborhoods that are plagued by violence? Now, will a job change a person? Uh, it depends on the job. I'm not of the, the mindset that just because you give somebody a job, they're going to stop shooting. You have to change their mind at some point, not just their pockets. You have to change their minds. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this. 410 319-8888 is the number to reach me. And tell me, what are your thoughts on this as we talk about the latest wave of violence in our city around this issue? 410-319-8888. And what do you see? What are you seeing? And I want you to be honest with me, folks. I want you to be honest with me as you have been honest with yourself because I know the talk has been, I'm going to leave Baltimore. If this thing is not fixed by the end of 2021, we're leaving. Some of you have already probably started looking at homes in other parts of the country. Probably thinking about going to York, PA, going down to North or South Carolina, hitting up to, you know, oh, well, we're going to go down to Virginia. Or we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, you know, we're going out to Atlanta. We're going out to Georgia. Somebody say, oh, I'm going out to California. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, I'm tired of this. I got to get out to some other place. I got to go. Because you got families in the, here in this city. You have, like I said, former Mayor Sheila Dixon talking about, look, I can't, enough is enough. How do you know? It's, it's, it's heartbreaking that you grew up in a city. You lived in a city, worked in a city. You try to make a city better, right? For years, not just five or 10 years. I'm talking about 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years. And then you got to uproot your whole life to get out of a city to spend your final days in the place that you don't, that you have to call home now in a whole new place, in a whole new place. So let's, 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 let's talk about this idea of hope in the city. Let's go to Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much for checking in. Jessica, what's your take on this? Well, Are you, you know what? It, is, it really is unfortunate that the violence and pollution is 
running the businesses and homeowners away from Baltimore and the residents here. I, I, I feel like I'm a part of the a part of like trying to understand what is really going on with you know my city with our city. It is kind of you know bewildering. It's just a lot of disorganization in the city, and it's a great town. Maryland is such a great place. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of other people do. Like where is Baltimore going? What is the direction? of our city headed, you know? No, I think it's a I think it's a big question. My question to you, Jessica, is um, ha, ha, do you think that you have hope in other people to make the right decision to help to to, to bring to, to to make the city safer? Well, I'm 32, and so I've been a part of this conversation for about, what, 10 years now since I started college, and um, things change, but... Um, Things do change, but I don't know. The city is a mess, though. It's like we have residents here who own homes, who care about the city. We have business owners here who own businesses and want their businesses to thrive. But it's like, what are we going to do about this overlooming shadow that is haunting our city? I mean, the death rate, the violence, it is, we have no grip on it. I'd like to be frank. We, we've been trying everything, and it's always that optimism is there that, Someone, some black leaders will be able to change the direction of the young boys in this city, but it's, it's like they're not hearing anything. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel dismayed, and it hurts my heart and my brain to like feel that way because you want things to change so badly. But it's like, you know, Baltimore is such a great place. But what are we really going to do about this violence and drug epidemic that's, like, destroying our city? Yeah. And the people who love it here, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, so you you sound like you're a little bit speechless, like you're still trying to figure it out. You're still trying to process it, which I think is an honest place to be. Um, well, I look at it from a global perspective because, I mean, I'm I'm from Maryland. I grew up in Maryland, but I also grew up in ba- also live in Baltimore City. Yeah. So when you hear, when I travel and I hear other people talk about our city, it's like, you know, they. I don't want to say the negative things that people say about Baltimore, but it's like, wow, we ha- it's really great people here. Like, you know, I would love for Baltimore City to be a hot spot for people to travel to. But is that ever going to be a reality? Because we have so many kids who are just out of control. They tear everything up. That's good. So we got to get them under control first, get them off the streets and get something going with them to help their lives out before we try to help Baltimore thrive. So I don't know. I hear you. I hear you. Jessica, thank you so much for kicking us off with this part of the conversation. We appreciate it. I appreciate your honesty. You're welcome. Let's go back to the line, 410-319-8888. Folks, I'm asking a question about hope. Uh, do you have hope? How do we restore hope in each other as it relates to this issue of violence? And again, I'm not talking outside of ourselves. I'm speaking to us individually, right? The individuals, the ones that are concerned about where we are in this city. But you may actually feel like things are mm, on the decline. And as a result of that, you have may have been experiencing losing hope. How do we restore hope in each other? Beyond the titles and labels and, oh, it's leadership fault, it's leadership fault, it's leadership fault. Well, what about when it's individuals in your neighborhood or even in your own household that are contributing to the problem? How do we restore hope in each other to the point where 
we are actually concerned about the well-being of ourselves, our neighbors, our community members. I mean, the, the epidemic of violence, it's so prevalent. It's so easy. People are talking about access to guns. It's so easy now, it seems, that somebody can just say, you know what, I'm upset. I mean, every little incident, <clears throat> excuse me, can lead to a possible gunfire. Have y'all noticed that? You might have a traffic situation. Somebody's going to wind up shooting. Now you got to think about somebody going to shoot you. You might be parking in somebody's uh, a parking lot, uh, parking space in front of on your block. Somebody might come out there and start shooting you. You might be you might be uh, just having a, a disagreement with somebody. Boom! Somebody's going to start shooting. Can't have cookouts no more, right? Can't have family gatherings. Why? Because somebody's going to start shooting. Now you tell your children they can't go outside. For the husbands telling their wives, don't, baby, don't drive certain places at night. I'll drive. Mothers are telling their sons, don't go out there tonight. You don't need to be out there. I mean, it's just every little thing now that sets people off can lead to gunfire, can lead to somebody being shot dead. Every little thing. Domestic situations can lead to, to somebody's death. I mean, it's like we have lost control. Let's go back to the line. Mark, talk to me. Thank you for checking in. How you doing? How you doing, Friday? I'm all right, Mark. How are you? I hear you. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I hear it in your voice, brother. I hear it in your voice. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, man, it gets to a point where you get tired of having your intelligence insulted. Come on. You know, you, you, know, you know, man, look, you're gonna, you, you have more people out here now. So you, every, all the numbers, all the metrics are going to rise across the board. But when you start seeing spikes in things like murder, you know, you have to sit back and ask yourself, okay, who's profiting off of this? Somebody's profiting off of this, mm -hmm. and that that has to stop. And the thing is, is that people know who. If you've been in this city long enough, man, look. If you're a cop and you're a detective, you know where this is coming from. But the thing of it is, you have to ask yourself a question: Is that why isn't anything being done about it? And it's because something somebody's profiting off of it. I don't know whether it's one the negatives and the positives or the spy versus spy, but that has to stop. And the way right now. Cities are living in the law of the jungle, okay? And in the law of the jungle, you know, the bad man rules because, you know, the weak, the sheep, they, they kind of cower down. They don't want to say it's the lion over here eating up everybody. But if you want to get back to the law of the land, then what happens there is the people organize and say, look, in this zip code, you don't come up in here with this. And if you come up in here with this, you know, you put an end to it. You don't want it to get to... Frontier justice, but you're knocking on the door. And the only way you can quell that is to go to the factions that are doing this and make examples out of them. If you're going to come up in here and do this, this is what we're going to do to you and, and make a display of it. And people are, so, are going to so freak out. How do we, so, so I hear you. I hear you on that. And, and you're saying, you're I'm saying. I'm not doing to ask and, that and, question. Say it again, Mark. 
I'm not the one to ask that question. No, 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 no. I, no I'm not saying how do we we make that happen. No, I'm not asking that question. My question is, how do we get to a place where there is community accountability among us as neighbors and and, and, and community members, right? And again, this is outside of quote unquote leadership. There's community oh, yeah. accountability, right? How do we get back to that place? Because we did have that. We did have sure. that, and not in some old Hollywood-style glamorization. No, nope. uh, You know what I mean? There was a certain level of community accountability within black, communi- within black communities across the city. Somewhere along the line, we know that broke down for, for, for a myriad number of reasons. But my point is, how do we get back to that level of community accountability where the men and the women are both empowered to say, hey— Y'all, let me tell you, I know you so-and-so's nephew, but check this out. Check this out, man. You killing us right now. You killing us. Right. Well, well, the first thing you have to do, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said community. And you're going to have to dig a little deeper and go with um, self-esteem. That's the first part. I'm worth this. I'm worth living in an environment where I don't have to have my kids cowering under the bed at 8 o'clock every night. I am worth this. That's where that starts, in the hearts of each individual. Then it spills into the community, where the community is not rife by fear. The community isn't scared by a slogan saying, you know, snitch, stitches, uh, snitches get stitches. Oh, who said that? Who said that? You said that? Come here, let me holler at you. When you don't afraid of anything and you have a belief, mm-hmm. nobody can stop you. And that's the problem right now. Folks, like you just said, folks don't believe. Folks are leaving hope. And you can't do that because if you do that, then you, you might as well go ahead and leave because you, you, right. fear has won. I hear that. Now, that's a great That's a great addition to this conversation, Mark, so I'm so glad that you, you kind of broke that down because I think we're on the right track with that. I think you're right there on the track. Thank you so much, brother. Good to hear from you. Let's get one more call in before we take our next pause. Let me go to uh, D. D. Talk to me. Have uh, how, how do we restore hope in each other? Well, I want to piggyback on what Mr. Mark just said. He talked about fear. Yeah, fear is a big factor, and it's not just a show that we used to watch. It is overwhelming, and it's consuming us. And at some point, people feel like they can't breathe. And you mentioned how people had the idea that, you know, maybe it's time for me to move. Maybe it's time for me to just give up on Baltimore. And I don't know where to start, but I think if we started communicating on a macro level, I mean, on a micro level, mm-hmm. then we can branch out. And that could restore some sense of uh, community, some sense of belonging. And that would maybe quelch a whole lot of the fear. Yeah. That a lot of us have. Yeah. Because if we talk and reach out to people who feel the same, because when you said, oh, some people are thinking about moving to Virginia, some people are thinking about moving down to the Carolinas, you hit a you hit a feeling in me because I'm thinking the same thing as well. I'm giving myself four more years in this Baltimore area. And that's, if not, I'm gonna make a move. That's and that and D, I gotta stop you right there, because that's exactly why I said that. Because I know and I'm hearing what folks got to say. You're giving the city one or two years, max, and then you're out of here. And guess what's going to happen, folks? We're going to lose, continue to lose great people to this issue of violence. And guess what? It's going to it's put our city on a decline even more. 
So we got to stop the hemorrhaging of good people. Because good people who do not, who are not afraid to speak truth to power, who are not afraid to stand up against the forces of evil that are that's, that's current in our community right now, good people have the power to change things. Folks, we got to take a quick pause. When we come back, more of your conversation about losing hope as we are dealing with another very violent weekend in Baltimore. Stay riding with us. It's for the, one, it's for the culture here on WEAA.